The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use promo code WMVP. Tune in every Friday for the official Waddle and Sylvie same game parlay on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. 21 years or older, Illinois only. Eligibility in terms at DraftKings.com slash football terms. Live from State Street in the heart of Chicago, you are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears. ESPN Chicago. And this is Waddle and Sylvie. Live from the old National Bank studio. WMVP. WSHE HD2 Chicago, a good karma brand's radio station. All right, so uh, we were uh, we're going to talk to Kyle Hendricks here in a, in a couple of minutes. Um, yesterday it was great again. Did you have a good time? With had a blast. We- yeah, had a blast with Adam working uh, seven to ten, and then we got a chance to cross talk with you and Jonathan, which was a lot of fun. Yeah, we, Hoodie and I always have great. Like Hoodie and I, uh, just we just enjoy, you know, talking about our teams and everything like that, and uh, about our careers. I didn't know about the Hertz story. Her, uh, Hoodie told me a story about... I heard know? that when he was... Uh, I was driving home and I heard he had to... He was interviewing, right? Yeah, with and Tom Saratella. And his car battery was dead and he had to rent a car and he got there at the last moment. While they were closing yeah. and the guy at the Hertz rent-a-car kept it open. I said he should be the new OJ spokesperson for Hertz. You know, the kinder, gentler OJ, of course. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know, How about we just say he should be the well, spokesperson for Hertz? He said it yesterday. Then yeah. he sent me the video of OJ's old uh, running through the airport oh, and everything great. like that. I'm yeah. telling you, yeah. OJ, before all the stuff yeah, was. Yeah, right. Like, he was a pitch man. Yes. And before all actor. the murdering. Yeah, yeah all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. And he was, a, he, was, he, was fan, he was a sideline guy. Yes. He was an actor. He was everything. So, anyway, we had a great time. I was goofing around with Shay was producing and. This comes from, like, last week. So I had a texting mishap where I didn't know until yesterday that I screwed up not once but twice where I texted the wrong Shay. I texted Shay Cornette twice instead of Shay Norley. You have their names misspelled as well. No, I don't. I have them spelled correctly. Um, I just hit the wrong Shay. I have Shay Norling's name spelled correctly. Okay, in my well, phone. that's what Shay said. Shay said that you probably had the names misspelled because Shay Cornette is S H A E and our Shay is S H E A. Right. I'm just, hit, I'm just hitting the wrong Shay. When I hit S H, I'm clicking on the wrong one. I have Shay Norling spelled right under Shay Norling, and I have Shay Cornette spelled correctly. I just hit the wrong one. It was just a goof. It was an old man goof. Twice. Twice. And it was both in a group chat. Uh, chat. One was with Tyler and one was with Cap. I've never texted Shay Cornette thinking I was just texting Shay Norling. Do you know what I mean? Both mishaps have happened in a group chat. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like when I've just simply texted Shay Norling, never, never have happened one-on-one. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, so anyway, Shay was saying that Cap was get, got mad at me last week for that, for calling it a D-bag move to bring the iPad to dinner, the iPad to dinner. But that was all based on the conversation that Carmen and Yurko were having 
on the air that Shane Norling called in on while Cap and him were driving to Indian. That's why I texted Shay, what I thought was Shay Norling, and Cap uh, piggybacking on that. And Shay Norling was the one who brought it up on their show saying that, dude, we're going to, um, what's the name of the Elmo's. Elmo's. Don't bring your iPad to watch a Bulls game. You're going out with the fellas. We're at the NFL Combine. And then, so then I was goofing around. Why do the recap? You're, who's waiting to get the recap uh, about the Bulls and, and the Raptors? Everyone's sitting at home going, refresh, refresh, refresh. Oh, I don't have to watch Bulls, Raptors. Good thing I got cap at the Combine oh. at St. Elmo's watching Bulls, Raptors for me. I'll just sit here in front of my computer. Refresh, 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 refresh. Come on, Cap. Come on. I can't wait for this recap. Can't wait. I'll be better off for this. Come on, Cap. Come through for me. He didn't take Come. that too kindly. And, and, and now, he took it, of course, and I'll play what he had to say. Yeah, I have sponsors that pay for the content. So Jack you really Del- have to do it every night? Every day. Seven days a week. I did it from Jamaica every day. Oh, my God. Correct. People pay but what to sponsor dollar, the content. A. B, that jackass in Riverwoods named Sylvie with the little hands. Call the rascals in Riverwoods. Yeah, the rascal in Riverwoods. <laughs> We're over 11 million impressions in 10 months. We're over 72,000 subscribers. Take that. That's Ass hat doesn't have any idea what he's talking Ass about. Hat. He, no name. He so never name calls being personal him. now. Well, the, him firing on my business? That's a business I have there. I don't, I, don't I don't do it for you, kicks. You can't get like you can't have a night where you can unwind and you don't have to do the recap. That's yeah, crazy. There's not a game. Like tonight, I don't have there's to. no bulls. There's no, no hawks. bulls tonight. I don't do the hawks. Have a fill in. Why not? He doesn't value suck. hockey. So do the bulls. So does every other team in town. <laughs> yeah. I, the bulls suck. I don't do the black box. I can't believe you brought the iPad to the table. We don't let our kids bring iPads to the table well, anymore. Guess what? You shouldn't. I'm going to do what I want to do, despite what that little jackass in the northern suburbs thinks. I'm going to do me and do what I want to do. And if Sylvie doesn't want to subscribe, in fact, I'm going to make sure my staff that works for me, they're going to block him. Unsubscribe, Sylvie. Oh, number one, people wonder, why do I go after Cap? People say, say he lives rent-free in my head. Not true. Uh, I, I just call out stupid. Who no, says that? No, Who says that he lives no, rent free? No, the comments. Number two, you'll never hear me name call Cap. This guy goes on his show all the time and says, I don't name call anybody. Like someone went last week, they had a topic where someone on that show called someone a bum. And he said, oh, we don't do that on this show. You heard him call me. What, how many different names in that in that clip? Jackass, jackass, asshat, asshat. I heard that one. Small-handed, whatever, whatever. That's just fact. Fact. Okay. Well, he's that little guy too. Aren't you taller than him? Whatever. I mean, like two. So two name calls in there. Asshat and jackass. Uh, Number three. He. I'm not ripping his business. It's good for him. The, The the recap is fine. I was simply taking their topic on their show, which I'm a P1 of. And it was a topic on their show. Their producer was saying, don't bring the tablet. And I was just weighing in on their topic, saying, don't bring the tablet. I think it was I, a focus of a who's the douche. And uh, Exactly. And all I was saying is, Cap, you don't have to come in with your recap 
right away, right when Bulls-Raptors end. Go back, look at the box score, look at the recap, read the story, go back to your room, then do the recap. But be a mensch and don't interrupt dinner with a with a with uh, uh, an iPad for Bulls-Raptors. No one is waiting on pins and needles for you to, to come in with your brilliant thoughts on the Chicago Bulls because you're watching at St. Elmo's. Go those, do your thing. Do your thing. Do it. Those were wise words from the station's asshat. Thank you. Tonight, the re-asshat coming at you. Like, I mean, come on. You take yourself too seriously. Yeah, I'm still stuck on the fact that he called you a little guy. You're taller than he is, aren't you? But he doesn't name call. And you wonder why, like, we have these moments and he wonders why I come firing back at him (laughs) or why there are moments where I start getting a little hotter. You'll never hear me call him an asshat. What would you call him if you were going to call him a name? I don't call him names. If you were, I call out his stupid opinions. You hear him firing that the Bulls won't uh, or should fire uh, the general manager and their vice president, you'll never hear him go after Jerry or Michael, the true problem, because he's too busy kissing their ass. So you just called him an ass kisser? No, I didn't. Oh, okay. Maybe another word that starts with ass? <laughs> you want to talk to Kyle Hendricks? <laughs> from one of the... We need to do... Now, the- this is where we need to do the show next Tuesday together. While we're now all of a sudden now in a valley with the relationship, people said last year it was overhyped. We need to do the show where things aren't good and we can air grievances instead of it being too kiss-assy. And I think you guys should go from noon to six. Six hours in a cage. Now, it should be the regular show hours. Uh, Kyle, Kyle Hendricks <laughs> joining us on the Car X Tire and Auto Hotline. Uh, we love talking to Kyle and uh, read some great things about uh, how his shoulder has been feeling. Kyle, it sounds like it's going great. How has camp gone so far? Yeah, man, everything is positive out here. Like you said, there's positive vibes really all around the whole team. Uh, it's just good energy. You know, been a great camp so far, but. For myself, yeah, just feeling really, really good. Um, touching the mound now, throwing bullpens, and to be able to bounce back, not have anything, not feeling anything in my shoulder, just feeling strong and healthy, it's, it's amazing. You know, it really frees me up mentally. So I'm in a really good spot. Just looking forward to getting to Chicago. When you have a no-throw order for the several months that you had and not knowing how it's going to feel when you pick up the baseball the next time, when you did pick up the baseball – and things started to flow. How great of a feeling was that when there is no soreness after you throw and while you've been throwing here in spring training? Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. It's it's an amazing feeling, really, because you're kind of searching, you know. Like you said, you hadn't thrown for so long, but, you know, you trust the doctors, you trust the trainers, you trust this whole process you're going through in the hopes that you feel better, you know, when you get back. But, like you said, you haven't touched the baseball. You really don't know. So, there was a lot of build up, a lot of anticipation to that first day, obviously, but just getting, getting to put a baseball in my hand again, get the arm moving, and just to feel free and easy, uh, getting out front, getting extension again. None of those bad feelings I had, you know, last year when all this was going down. 
just like I said, more mentally than anything else, uh, really secured myself mentally and was able to just open my body up more and just attack my program from there. Kyle, how long has it been since you felt good or felt completely right? Yeah, it's been a while. You know, I mean, even at the beginning of the year last year, there it crept in pretty early in my shoulder, so I was battling. I was just trying to be out there and do what I could. And, uh, yeah, I clearly wasn't myself. So there were, some, there were some maybe phases of it the year before that, but that's what we're focusing on now. You know, I'm, I'm looking at this as an opportunity. I've gotten all this time off. It's a big opportunity for me to attack this program, uh, get better, make some gains, take advantage of some things, and just really get back to being who I am. So these guys behind me, they can know what to expect, and I can be a consistent force you, every, every fifth day out there. You, you sound like you sound great. You sound like a kid in a candy store <laughs> for good reason. Was there ever a time when you kind of questioned your situation and whether or not it would ever be resolved? Yeah, you know, you don't quite go that far, maybe, but there's always questions. You know, you're sitting there just saying, "Is it going to get all the way back?" You know, are you going to be a hundred percent? Because it didn't feel good for a long time. So yeah, to have those questions in there never a good thing um but like i said i've had so much help um not only from the doctors and trainers around here but other guys other players you know that have gone through things in the past and how they felt through the process or what adjustments they made so i just i just used all the resources i could that helped you know mentally some somewhat but there's nothing that can replace just getting the ball in your hand having that feeling again and just feeling healthy our, our friend Kyle Hendricks uh, from the Cubs joining us. It's Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN 1000. So I'm sure you're just taking this one bullpen at a time. But we've all got a long-term plan here too, Kyle. So, uh, like, I think your next bullpen is Friday. So what is what is the plan here? The plan is extended spring training, and what's the goal on joining the team? Exactly. I'll have to stay back for a little bit. I'm on a Monday-Friday bullpen schedule right now. And I, like I said, I just had my Monday, kind of my first full bullpen. So we'll throw somewhere eight to ten pens. We're shooting for the next phase after that would be live VP. You know, when we kind of show up to spring training, that's when you throw a live VP or two live VPs and then get into games. So we're shooting for that live VP in the beginning of April, that first half of April get those under my belt, get into game action, you know, and build up, just build up in a couple games as I would in spring, uh, whether that's here in extended or then I go to an affiliate. That's kind of that next step from there. But yeah, hoping to be in Chicago, obviously sometime in May. Um, that's really the, the end goal, but there's some fluidity there to the program. Um, but like I said, I've been on track so far, so I, I feel really good about that being the timeline. Kyle, a little bit ago, you said that the, the vibe is all positive. How would you describe the vibe with this team and, and, and maybe some of the energy that's provided by this group of young players compared to maybe the last couple of seasons? Yeah, it's just uh, it's a pro vibe around here. You know, it's just a pro camp that's being run. I think it starts with the guys we brought in. We brought in so many good, established people and established winners, just guys that have been around the game, played on different teams, been you know cross paths with so many different players, and they're bringing all that experience here now with them. So uh, some of those young guys you were talking about, you know, on the pitching side, Keegan, Steely, uh, Adbert, these guys that have made huge jumps now to be in this camp and to be able to look around and kind of see what veterans do, see what these older guys do that have won everywhere they've been. Um, how do they go about their work and their business? That's when I came up. That's kind of how I learned everything. Just watching guys like John Lester, uh, Jake Arietta, John Lackey, all these guys, I learned so much just from watching them. So that's a huge aspect of this camp that we have this year. That's been different. It's just so many, so many pro guys around that just know what they're doing. I, I, I chuckled. And I think we all looked at each other when you said that, and I don't know if it if it's jokey or not. Like when you said so many pro guys, like we kind of laughed because 
the last couple of years, it wasn't there. And um, did you kind of look around the last couple of years and say, oh, crap. What are we doing? What, what, what are we doing here? <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, you know, you would never say that. I think everything goes in cycles, though, you know. So that just happened to be the phase that we were in at the time. There were some amazing things that come out of it, you know, to show up to the ballpark every day and watch these young guys take advantage of their opportunities. That was amazing to see these guys going out and still competing, putting out a good product. We were doing everything we could, you know, every time out there. And for some of these young guys to really cement themselves as big leaguers, know they were going to be a future of this team. uh, That has to happen kind of sometimes first, you know, before the rest of this can really take place. So that was a huge, huge step to to, to see that progression. You knew the rest of it was going to come. So now just to be in this part of the phase, this part of the cycle, you know, where, yeah, we're bringing guys in, we're getting back into our winning ways. Uh, it's obviously a, a much better spot to be, and it's amazing to be here now. How does it feel to be the last man standing? Mm-hmm. And by that I mean 16 uh, doesn't feel like it was long ago, but it was. It's 2023 now. You're the last man standing from that team besides Rossi, of course, but he's the manager. How does it feel to be the last man standing? Yeah, it's pretty bizarre, to be honest with you. Like you said, it just it keeps getting further and further away from us. You know, There's nothing we can do about that. Um, so yeah, I kind of, when you look back and reminisce on it, it it seems like it had been a long time ago, you know, but when you're just going through your day-to-day work, uh, time just really flies. So it really is amazing just how much turnover there is in the game, uh, how different the game is in a lot of ways. But yeah, I'm just look at it in a way that I'm so fortunate and so lucky to be able to have gotten all this time here in Chicago, play in front of the best fans in the world. You know, um, I'm just so grateful for everything I've gotten in this organization and, to have had those years, you know, to win that World Series, to play with those amazing players. And now, though, now I'm just happy I'm still in this spot, and I'm looking forward to this group we have. Now, going and attacking something with this group, going and winning again, being in that last game of the year and winning it all. Kyle, what do you make of the rule changes and how they will play out? And do you anticipate an advantage to be gained by whether it's a pitcher or a hitter, especially when you're focusing on the, you know, the pitch clock? Yeah, that's a really good one. There's There's been a lot going on in spring training with that. And I would say most of it's revolved around the pitch clock. Um, you really don't hear anything about the shifts or the bigger bases, to be honest. Um, but we're really just trying to get a sense of the rhythm and the timing with the pitch clock. I obviously haven't used it myself. But, you know, a lot of my really close friends in here, just hearing them talk about it, they thought they could work fast, you know. And it almost it, – you just have to get used to it. You have to get used to – how you're selecting your pitches between, you know, between hitters, between pitches, how, how quick you're doing it, how much focus you're putting into that instead of all your focus just on the clock and how fast you're working. You, know? you still have to focus on your craft and you're still out there to get out. So it's one of those things I think we, we'll all adjust to. You're, I'm already seeing guys, they feel better about it the second time out, even better about it the third time out there. So I think it's something by the end of spring everybody will have under their belt. And as far as the advantage-disadvantage, It'll go both ways. You know, hitters will find little things in there that they can use. And I think pitchers, we always kind of control the pace and the timing. So I think there will always be little things that we'll be able to do as well. Kind of as a consensus from a pitcher's perspective, what was the initial response when it was just announced that it was going to be a change? Was there a, was there a group of pitchers that said, no, 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 the, you, you can't do this to us. We've done our craft. Or we've done our thing a certain way. Was there some resistance? Not so much, to be honest with you. I think, uh, you know, there had already been changes in the game. And there been a, it's been talked about for a long time. Uh, they did it in the minor leagues last year. So we, still, we have a lot of friends all around the game. So talking to guys down in the minor leagues, they talked about how well it went. and just It did pick up the pace of the game, you know. 
So, no, I wouldn't say there was that much backlash. It was more just what's it going to feel like and what's it going to look like. Um, so that's what we were just kind of anticipating and ready to see was how it really worked once we got in the game and how it felt for us. And like I said, it might have been a little strange that first time out there just because it was new and different. But each time out, guys are getting more and more comfortable, and I assume it'll just be part of the game here before long. Kyle Hendricks joining us. It's Waddle and Selby on ESPN 1000. Do you believe, like, in three months from now when it's all ironed out and everything's flowing, that the game will be more, I don't know about fan-friendly, if that's the right word, but it will be better to watch, just a quicker pace, a snappier game? Yeah, I think so, in some ways, definitely, you know. I think I land on that side more. I work pretty quick anyway. I like to keep the game moving. And on the pitching side, you know, it helps your defense a lot. So they stay on their toes more. And in general, you just want to keep the pace of the game moving. So I'm all for it. And, yeah, I do think when I'm sitting there in the dugout watching a game, it's more enjoyable when it's, when it's moving a little quicker and you get the action going. You know, you don't have guys either walking around the mound for a long time contemplating or stepping out of the box every pitch or whatever it may be. So, yeah, I think, you know, regulations in some way and, picking up the pace of it, I think it'll all work out for the good. All right, some quick hitting questions I have for you. Who is the most impressive young guy you have seen so far in camp this year? Mm-hmm. Most impressive young guy, I'd say on the hitting side, Pete Crow Armstrong and pitching Ben Brown. Okay. Now there is a producer of ours who just walked into the building right now. He's listening to the, uh, us do this interview. And he says that uh, Pete Crow Armstrong didn't have to dive for that catch yesterday. <laughs> that, that it was hey, a little bit know. of showboating. How? What would you respond to that? He's a cow. He's there's a only, Sox there's fan. only one way you end. There's only one way you end up on the top ten. You know, it's not catching on your feet. So I'd be laying out every time out <laughs> <Yeah>. there. <laughs> I thought it was a hell of a catch, man. Didn't you? Absolutely, man. I told him that this morning when I saw him. Right, just keep doing what you're doing, kid. Man, he's unbelievable out there. Just so fun to watch. And then of all like of all the veterans that you said, as you said, it's a pro camp. Um, you got a lot of guys who have won World Series now. Who's the veteran that you like that you have vibed with the best so far that you guys brought in? Yeah, I think that's a pretty easy one. I mean, obviously Tyone just being on the pitching side of me and a starter, our lockers are close, so we we connected right away. And he's one of the guys I learned a lot from as far as uh, the process of this rehab and move, getting my arm, kind of changing my arm path a little. So that was an easy click, but watching kind of someone move around camp and, and how they operate and how they just conduct themselves is Dansby, obviously. Getting Dansby over here, I mean, he is just the pro of all pros. Uh, just an unbelievable leader. You could tell guys watching him how he goes about his work, gets his early work in. He comes, shows up to the ballpark, just knows what he has to do and uh, carries himself with confidence. I think I'm so excited to have him over here and just the leader he's going to be for our whole team. Is the hair glorious in person? <laughs> It's absolutely glorious. It is. He was in the barber's chair getting a little trim the other day, and we were all over him. What are you doing? <laughs> you <know? laughs> you take it so. easy, man. You got to let it flow. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, you raved about Contreras the last time we talked to you during the summer. He had some not so good things to say about the Cubs, saying that the Cardinals are a better organization. You pissed at your old uh, battery mate? <laughs> absolutely not, man. I Willie will always be my guy. I think everybody knows that. I love him with all my heart, man, and I'm I'm so happy for him everything he's got coming to him. And as well as I know him, you know, uh, the Cosans probably don't want to hear it, but that was more, I think he just wants to get the Cardinals people on his side. You know, he's such a hometown guy. He has, he just has so much love in his heart. I think he's just trying to win over those Cardinals guys. So I know that he, his time here, he'll, he'll love, he loved it so much. 
And you, if you talk, ever talk to him about it, I mean, he'll, he would have never changed it for the world. I know that. Okay, a couple more here. Um, so uh, Carmen DeFalco, who is one of our hosts, is going to New Orleans tomorrow. We hear that your sister got married in New Orleans over the off season. Do you have any New Orleans tips for any of our listeners or uh, Carmen, who is going tomorrow? <laughs> oh, boy. Absolutely. I got some tips. You got to go down to Carmine's, get the Oyster, Rockef- Oyster Rockefellers out of Carmine's. And then I would say, you know, you, you got to check out Bourbon Street, but be careful after midnight. Careful after midnight down there and go, don't get too deep down in Bourbon Street now. <laughs> yeah. And don't stay too long. Don't stay <laughs> don't in New stay Orleans too long. Too long. Just yeah. get in, get out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like a Vegas trip. Yes. It's like a two-day. Yeah. Two-day in and out. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, what are you watching? I, I, I've i got a bet down that you are watching heavy – like, I think you're a really good golfer, uh, if I know. I don't know if the shoulder prevented you. Are you watching Full Swing on Netflix? I just got on it, so I just finished episode two with Brooks. Yes. With Kepka. So, yes, I'm on that, and then I'm watching The Last of Us. I think a lot of people are watching oh. that on HBO right now. So did you play the game? Were you a, Are you a gamer where you know the game and, and so it translates? No, I'm not, actually. I didn't even, I had no clue that it was even a game, to be honest with you, until, like, the third episode. I, I saw something online, and then I got into it and read it, and I ended up finding that out. But, no, I'm not a gamer at all, so just got into it with watching it with some buddies yeah just so that way awesome kyle you're the best we always love catching up with you you'll always be a legendary cub and hopefully there are great times ahead um all the best this spring okay thank you kyle thank you guys so much really appreciate you having me there he is kyle Hendricks on the car x tire and auto hot true gentleman he is he's the I, we love talking to him we have a great relationship with him and we hope that he has uh, good days ahead and continues to pitch for the Cubs so we can continue to talk to him. All right, um, there is a, uh, a major sports figure has finally decided to retire, and someone in our crew is very happy about it. Plus, uh, I have followed up with some more numbers on Zach Levine oh, good. and his win percentage nice. and, and what it means about him as a player. We'll uh, hash all that out coming up next. ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. You're listening to Waddle and Sylvie. Watch us and join the chat. Follow ESPN 1000 Chicago on Twitch.tv or the Twitch app. Well, you finally have a changing of the guard over at the Q's. I've seen smiles come across Tyler's face on a number of uh, occasions. One was earlier today when I was watching them, uh, Syracuse, get beaten by Wake Forest in round two of the ACC tournament. And Wake hit a big three at the buzzer. Saw Tyler smiling. Were you rooting against your team for the higher draft pick? Yeah, exactly. Uh, No, so here's what I was doing. I was rooting for him to lose today but if they had won today i was going to root for them for the rest of the tournament for the rest of the acc tournament because at that point you might as well try to win and try to sneak your way in in a bad acc this year or i figured today could be the final dagger today and boy was it a final dagger too a three-pointer with 0.2 seconds left to send him off and then he retired so he's formally retired he's finally retired for the kind of second time we're talking about kind of second time he is finally retired. What do you mean the kind of second? When is so, it? There was a replacement plan put in place that 2005, or no, 2017, the 2017 season was going to be his last. Wow. But then, instead of retiring at the end, 
he signed a contract extension to stay. And the, the head coach that they had in waiting said, screw this, and went off to Washington because he was supposed to be the head coach of Syracuse. He kind of got a, a backhanded slap as a result, and then he's like, I can get a head coaching job somewhere else. So he went to Washington. Take that. And now Jim Beheim has – so that's why I say he's kind of retiring for the second time. Okay. Do you believe this? This time yes, is the I time. Believe, I believe because he said in his press conference today – First of all, he said, I gave my retirement speech last week on the court. They celebrated the 20th anniversary of the, the national championship team. And he's like, I gave it in the press conference last week and on the court last week. I gave my retirement speech, and nobody picked up on it. So there's a, another parting shot at the media and the fans. It's safe, right. Him just being a Nothing's an easy again. with him, yeah. No, no, he's always the smartest guy in the Has room. Has he always been this way? Oh, yes. So has oh, there ever yes. been a time when you did like him as your coach, the coach of your Alma mater. Uh, well, listen, you can act like this if you, you win. win. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I'm fine with Good it. Point. You yeah. haven't won. You haven't won lately. So it's time to go. And it finally happened. So Jim Beheim is retired from Syracuse. That's what will the, you do that's tonight to celebrate? Today. Yeah. I'm going to the Big Ten tournament tonight. All right. <laughs> so I'm going to watch there you go. Ohio State and Wisconsin. And the return of Fred Hoiberg to the, to the United States. You can gamble on those games, though, <laughs> can big day. No, you can. Oh, you can. Yeah. That's right, because it's not an Illinois team playing. Speaking of Fred Hoiberg, um, Jimmy Butler played for Freddie. Did you see Jimmy flew all the way to L.A. for uh, Paul Gasol's retirement? I did not see that. His uh, jersey retirement. And I looked. I'm like, oh, were they playing Miami? Um, Jimmy played the night before. Um, and I think tonight... They're they're playing again on the East Coast, either in Miami or somewhere else. So he did fly all the way to L.A. to be there for Paul Gasol's Jersey retirement night in L.A. It was good. I saw on Jimmy's it's Instagram. Cleveland at Miami tonight. Yeah. Good so game. He flew from Miami to L.A. to be there uh, uh, for Paul. Uh, that was nice. It made me sad yeah. because that team should have been better with Paul, uh, with uh, Jimmy, and with uh, Derek. And they did get to the second round, but still... They 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 had LeBron down two games to one. What is what is this second round you speak of? I know, I know. All right, do you want you want the uh, the follow up from uh, Zach here too? Oh, you got some stats? Yeah. So for for the people who who don't remember, didn't hear it the first time, I gave I wanted to I went out to dinner with a buddy and he wanted to know. He goes, where does Zach rank amongst players? With the worst record in NBA history. Or, at first, in current NBA players. Is Zach, like, he, he seems to me that he doesn't win a lot. And and is he amongst some of the losingest players in the NBA currently? And I quizzed the boys last week. I said, I said bottom 25 percentile. And, and that's where, like, Meller and, and Tyler were. Like, maybe 20% or 15% they were guessing. Zach Levine amongst... Um, guys who have played 500 games at least. That way it's a bigger sample size, and there are over 100 players in the league with that. Um, is the losingest player in the NBA, meaning he has the worst winning percentage. Uh, he So... As you said, it's not a. It's it, there is the there are some flaws to this. Right. It's not only him, but there's a story to be told like here. Again, he was drafted by a rebuilding Minnesota team, and then he was traded to a rebuilding Bulls team. He is a very good player, and we know that really good players in basketball 
can change the landscape on their team quickly. Once a good player goes to a team, they change quickly. Now, you wanted to know a couple of different things. Yes. First of all, my buddy wanted to know this. He wanted to know, now that we found out, wow, the shocking thing that Zach is, has the worst winning percentage amongst active players in the current NBA, where does he rank all time in NBA history with his win percentage? I told you this yesterday as soon as I found this out. This is all courtesy of ESPN Stats and Info. Our buddy Jacob Nitzberg, who does this nationally, he's located in Chicago. Uh, Tyler, I will ask you this. Meller, I will ask you this. I will quiz you. Where do you believe Zach Levine ranks as far as guys in NBA history who have played at least 500 games, so a substantial career, um, as far as his win percentage, all-time NBA history. So you're, are you asking for a percentile or are you asking for physical rank? Where, where he ranks. I've he got ranks. the physical rank. All right. So he has a 364 win percentage in his, in his NBA career. I'll go, he wears number eight, so I'll go eighth. He's eighth all time. He's the, wow. he's the eighth most losingest player in, in the entire 75 years. They, they've played for 75 years. And you believe only seven players have lost on a bigger level than Zach Levine individually. Don't let him psych you out, Miller. Uh, oh, I, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say I'm going to put him second behind only Sharif Abdurrahim. <laughs> All right, now you guys, it won't be as shocking because you guys did shoot very high. Zach Levine's 364 win percentage ranks 19th worst all time in NBA history. Doug West has a 288 win percentage. Doug Mr. West. Timberwolf. Doug West. Right, he's a longtime Timberwolf. He was like with the, when they were, uh, uh, What's the word? Expansion, when expansion yes. team? Yes, he was with them to start. Well, they didn't win many games when Zach was. I don't know when Zach. Zach was there in like 15, 16. Yeah, this I is think. well after they yeah. Yeah, came no, into the league. No, yeah. no, this was, that was a good name you mentioned, Mallor. So I asked, asked Nitzberg. That's a lot of players in a lot of years that Zach is the 19th losingest player in the history of this league. Who are some of the comps? That have loot more the all time losers like the all time Paul losers. McCaskey like Sebastian Telfair oh yeah. is the second losingest player also T Wolf Pooh Richardson T Wolf a lot of T Wolves yeah, Sharif Abdul Rahim yes. which you met you nailed uh, Meller I don't know how you did that well because I remember him always being on losing teams he was the leading scorer all the time for bad basketball teams. seventh Ramon Sessions ninth. Popeye Jones, his sons play on the Blackhawks. Seth. He is uh, 13th. Eric Piakowski, 15th. Eddie Curry, believe it or not, is 22nd behind (laughs) Zach Levine. (laughs) Eddie Curry has a higher winning percentage throughout his career than Zach Levine. Now, look, it's food for thought. Take it for what it's worth. But Zach is a career-losing player. 
He doesn't raise all no. ships. Three years in Minnesota, six years here in Chicago, so nine years in the in major yeah. uh, the NBA. Now you wanted to know a few more things. I've got a few more answers. You can quiz me on the things you wanted to know. So that's what that's historically Zach Levine. They're only in the seventy-five years of the NBA of players who have played at least five hundred games. There are only 18 players who have lost on a higher level than Zach Levine. Think there, about that. There's a fans. story there. There's a story there. Yeah. Now, Waddle wanted to know more about this. Like, where does Beverly rank? Where does where where are some of the Where's other DeMar guys? Rank? Where does Demar rank? Yeah. What if we lower this to 400 games played instead of 500? Um, Vooch is in this conversation. There are some other things I will bring you context. More coming up. And what does this all mean? How should we digest this? What does this mean about Zach? 312-332-3776 if you want to react. And then we'll pick Wilbon's brain. When I present this to Wilbon, how will he feel about this? Uh, We'll react to all of it coming up next. Listen to us now, live on the ESPN Chicago app. Listen to the show in HD at 100.3 HD2 FM. Listen now on ESPN 1000. This is Waddle and Sylvie, ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Right, we're talking about Zach and what his, his losing record means. I see some people in the Twitch chat says, look, it, it, it's an exercise on maybe showing how bad the Bulls front office is. Um, I think and there's have- a lot of things that factor into this, but one of them is is like and watch watch games this year. One of the things you and I have been Zach guys. Yes. One of the things that has been most disappointing to me is, especially if you're giving him the money you're giving him, is you want him to be a reason why you're winning some of these close games down the stretch. They're not winning. He, they're not winning more games because Zach has taken that next step, which we all thought, or not all of us, you and I thought he would continue to take. And he's scoring, he's really scoring the ball right now, too. Yes. But, like, he missed a key free throw right. down the stretch this last game. I mean, I mean again, it's or not. have a key turnover. It, it, it's not a completely perfect science. But I believe you can. There is some, entry, there's some empty calorie accomplishments and a lot of his scoring at this point would maybe be a good way to describe it. Right. It's and not it, leading to them winning a bunch of games. Right. And there's no perfect summation on, on what this means about everything. Like, it does. It It is a true indictment on what Pax and Guard did before him and what AK now is doing. But I also believe on this, all these lists that I've read, whether it's historically in the NBA or it's the active list that I'm going to go over, whether it's the 500 games played or the 400 games played, you don't see anybody who are max players or all-star level players on this list yes. besides Zach. That's what I was going to ask like, you. Like, is, there's is nobody there... in his class. Like There are like Gorgie Jang and, and Alex Len. So there's this, no the, one that tal- has his talent... That is below him or in his in his area code. Exactly. But I also think it to that point, it's an even bigger indictment because Zach, you, you know, when you're the leading scorer on a bunch of teams that lose, 
you in some ways have more responsibility than a lot of those guys That's you listed. That's what I'm saying, that they're more role players mm-hmm. who are more just uh, there for the ride. He's supposed to affect winning and losing the most. Yes. He's supposed to be the lead dog. Right. Yeah, Most yeah, of the guys you're listing are, are you just, know. Yeah. Like, and so when I lowered it to 400 games, Zach falls to third. He, he is, if I lower the parameters to 400 games played, Larry Nance Jr. and Rashawn Holmes are your two losingest players. Zach is third. Of all time. No, this is oh, uh, just for, current, okay. current play because okay, he's current 19th play. all time. Okay. He's number one in the league. Right now, for 500 games played. If I lower the parameters to 400 games played, Larry Nance and Rashawn Holmes have played 446 games and 411. Those two are role guys. Right. They are not lead dogs. Again, you know, and then the, the closest guy is Nikola Vucevic. Vuce is fifth on the list of 500 games played as far as winning percentage, worst winning percentage. He falls to seventh when it's... You know, 400 games played. Now, you wanted to know about DeMar. DeMar has a 518 win percentage in his career. That would rank him 59th out of 116 players from top to bottom. He's about mid-level. Middle-level. Middle-level. You wanted to know Patrick Beverly? Yeah. Now, this may surprise you. Patrick Beverly is a 608 win percentage. Now, he's been a role player his whole career. He currently ranks 18th best in the entire NBA amongst win percentage. Act- in win percentage amongst active players. Um, you know, again, like Zach Levine is in a group of players, rare players, who have only won one playoff game. You know, they're, they're, it's like they're, all these winning stats do not favor Zach Levine in the class that he's in. But they don't he's, favor Vooch he, either. He's a rare. He's a rare. He's a huge rarity in the NBA of a player of his what he makes and a player of being a two time All Star and and everything. There's not really another player a comp like him. D'Angelo Russell, um, you know, was a highly Drafted player, when I lower the gauge to 400 games played, D'Angelo Russell has played 482 games. D'Angelo Russell is fifth, I want to say. Also a T-Wolf. Yeah, another T-Wolf. But he's below Zach. He's even below Zach. Laker T-Wolf, you know, he, he came to the Lakers at a really bad time. What was he, second or third drafted overall? Yeah. But it's just it. it I don't it, think it, Vooch. If I'm not looking this correctly, I don't think Vooch has been on a team that's ever won a playoff series either. No, he, or maybe wasn't he on one good Orlando was, team that made a run? I got him here in postseason average. He played one game. One game played in the 2011-2012 season with Philly. I don't know what you know. What I, the, I have him with three playoff wins in his career. Okay, games. Not series, right? Right. Games. Right. Three yes. games. Three playoff like, games. Zach has won one playoff game in his yeah. career. Zach again is in like a weird group with with uh, Alex. I mean, Vooch has been Vooch has been in the league, you know, significantly Eight, longer. Eight hundred games yeah. played, yes, yeah, and and like you add this up, you get you get these players together, and then I said, you wonder why where Vooch, one of the losingest players, uh, Levine, one of the losingest players, and you mix it all together, and you wonder why are we seven games below five hundred? <laughs> 
And then we add guys who don't play defense. Neither guy plays defense. Ooh, maybe that's a part of the recipe. And then you add to the roster where no one's able to make a, a three-point shot to help them. And then you've, you've come to a conclusion as to why you are two games behind the Wizards for the number 10 spot in the Eastern Conference. They won a, they won a, sh- a game on, a, like a, I think, a last-second shot against Thank God. Detroit yesterday. That was a win for the Bulls Thank if, you're, if you're in our group. Yeah, <laughs> our group. It's true. Very true. Listen, it's their they, only way out. They got the. They've got the Nuggets tonight. Is <clears throat> yeah, this not going to go well? That's not going to go well for Zach's win percentage. Or do we get a sneaky Bulls performance no. tonight? No, they no. don't. You no. really? No, come on. In really? that altitude, no chance. No. And then, and then there's a topic of has Vooch given up? Like Hoodie's been hot on this from a quote. I'll maybe read it to you and Wilbon coming up here as uh, we talk to Michael Wilbon coming up next. If you want to react to some of these numbers, three one two three three two three seven seven six. Michael Wilbon joins us next.